Welcome to the Shari Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Shari Tzedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. As, as many of you know, I, I spent a decade living up in Canada. Um, my family moved there in high school. I went to university there. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is so you know it's okay when I make this joke. Um, have you heard the one about how you get a Canadian to apologize? You step on their foot, right? So there are a lot of things that you might hear Canadians apologize for. Um, When someone bumps into them on the street, right? I want to make that clear. Someone bumps into you, you say sorry. Um, When you don't hold the door for someone a significant distance away from you, like they're a half mile out and you're standing at the door and you're like letting it close and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, and then the door closes. They'll be fine. They can just open the door on their own. Um, You apologize when you ask a waiter for something, right? As in, um, oh, I'm so sorry. Could I get some ketchup, please? Thank you. Sorry, right? Um, People apologize to furniture when they bump into it. I've seen it. I've seen that happen. There was a guy in Winnipeg who robbed a gas station and then felt bad and went back and apologized, right? That's a big one, right? You wouldn't expect that. Um, you apologize when you're, help, when you're actually helping someone. Like, someone drops their wallet. You pick up their wallet, you hand it to them. It's like, I'm so sorry you dropped your wallet, right? Um, and then you reach the pinnacle of this, which is when someone tells you you apologize too much, and then what do you say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for apologizing so much. <laughs> that, that's how these things work. So, um, so you, you, now you know it's okay that I'm telling these Canadian jokes, um, I'm sorry about them, by the way, you know, as, as is custom. Um, and, you know, this is something that, that me and my family make fun of a lot because they're still up there. But I think that the Canadians might have a point, right? Um, apologizing, even for something small, even for something we're not sure that we did, shows another person that we care about their feelings and reminds us that we are not perfect. And yet, sometimes I've noticed, not by anyone in here, of course, an attitude implying that to apologize is a sign of weakness. Or another approach that if I apologize for a mistake, that mistake defines who I am. These are reasons that people don't like to apologize. Now, we've actually seen this play out, right? We, We can think of examples of all kinds of powerful people, right? Refusing to to accept blame for anything, um, deflecting blame, uh, claiming that the thing that they did didn't happen, or if it did happen, it actually wasn't that bad, right? So here's um, an innocuous example. Shane Gillis was a comedian hired to write for Saturday Night Live in 2019. 
um, kind of predictably, people found racist and homo homophobic jokes that he had written recently on Twitter, I believe. And, and this was his apology, okay? Listen closely. I'm a comedian who pushes boundaries. I sometimes miss. I'm happy to apologize to anyone who is actually offended by anything I've said. Is that a classic non-apology or what? Right, like if someone was offended. So um, Mr. Gillis, he, did, he lost his job. He went right back to stand-up comedy and made his own self-righteousness a part of his act, um, mocking the people who dared to criticize him. So I think the hard part about some of this is that for a lot of people in the public arena, never apologizing seems to work. They keep their jobs, they land a new one, um, they, they, they seem to be fine. Now, here's what I worry about though, maybe they kept their job, but in refusing to take any blame, we, someone stunts their moral growth, right? Growing as a person requires acknowledging our own weaknesses and faults. So, Let's bring it back to Torah. In our Torah portion this week, Akev, Moses does his best to rebuke the Israelites for their mistakes. Just before crossing into the land which God promised them as a reward for their ancestors' faithfulness, Moses reminds them that they, the current generation of Israelites, are hardly deserving. They complained constantly about lack of food. They built the golden calf and worshipped it, leading to Moses breaking the tablets of the Ten Commandments. They rebelled over and over. They were promiscuous with idolaters. All in all, not a great track record. And to add to all this, Moses tells them, it is not because of your virtues that you will be able to possess their country, that is the promised land, but it is because of the wickedness of your enemies that God is dispossessing those nations before you. Let me rephrase that. You're not getting this land because you're great. You're getting it because the people living there are worse than you. Um, now, if this seems harsh, it's because it definitely is. Um, Deuteronomy is not kind to the Israelites in a lot of ways. But what I like about this is that God, through Moses' words, leaves the door open a little bit, right? Um, the people of Israel are not given the land because of their worthiness, but they are being given something to live up to, right? Um, in remembering what they did wrong and committing to doing better in the future, they have been given the opportunity to grow, which is really the, the best thing that we can expect of humanity. Um, you know, we, we can hope for them to be good, but a more realistic hope is to hope that people grow, right? Now, if you've read ahead in, in the rest of Tanakh and the rest of the Hebrew Bible, um, you might know that the Israelites, frankly, don't do that much better in the years ahead. But they keep trying. And God doesn't give up on them either, and neither do their leaders. Um, Moses, on the other hand, interestingly enough, bows out of our story at that point, never really acknowledging the mistakes that he made, Right? Mistakes that prevented him from going into the land. Which teaches us that even our greatest prophet isn't perfect. So let me take us back to where we are now in this moment. 
Um, it might be more obvious for me than some, but we are on the cusp of the High Holy Day season. Right? The month of Elul is coming up faster than we expect. And this is a time of year where we try to make up for things that we've done wrong. Now, you know, someone might be able to fool a, a crowd with a non-apology, but God sees through all of that. God knows who we are. God knows what we've done. And God knows when, because of shame or guilt or callousness, we refuse to acknowledge our faults. Um, we can't stand before God and claim that we're perfect. But when we do that, it condemns us to a pattern of making the same mistake, a life without growth or movement. We get stuck, and we get used to being stuck. But it does not have to be that way. We can live better lives by being aware of our imperfections. Being human means we're going to make mistakes. And some of those mistakes will hurt others. But when we acknowledge our mistakes more readily and apologize more genuinely, it helps us to forgive ourselves and others and then to go on and do the work of fixing the world, even the parts of it that we ourselves break. There is no path towards becoming the perfect person. It just isn't possible. But the point isn't to be perfect. It's to be you. The people of Israel, with all their faults and mistakes, are promised a land flowing with milk and honey. God deems them worthy of this gift, even knowing their flaws, because they committed to the covenant of being God's partners in creating a more just and compassionate world. We, too, can commit ourselves to this work. We need to ask ourselves, what have I done? How can I make up for it? What do I need to know about myself to do better in the future? So my hope for us is, is that we are grateful for the gift of being able to learn and grow from our mistakes, that we always look inwards, that we're always self-examining. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, ruler of the universe, who has made each of us a work in progress. We say together, amen. Shabbat shalom. That's how you're supposed to end sermons. <laughs>